and welcome back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. This episode, we are continuing our discussion of Alan Chazaro's poetry collection, Piñata Theory. This episode will be focusing on the second half of the collection, including the sections Break and Gather. Nice. Well done. I guess. <laughs> Only took one take. Oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so... Today we're looking at Break and Gather, the second and third sections of the collection. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a few poems in these two sections, 25. I counted 25. You said, Vanessa, so obviously we're not going to get to talk about all of them. We have a few favorites. As much as we'd love to. I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. could. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So great. Um. Um, I know you wanted to, Richie, um, talk about <laughs> I'll put it on the uh, pronunciation <laughs> mishap we had. Well, I mean, first of all, I do want to <laughs> thank Alan for uh, tuning in and listening to the episode. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you. And yeah, sec- secondly, while I was re-listening to the episode, you know, I know we had a, a couple of things when we talked about name pronunciations and in the end, we ended up coming up to, to Jalapa. <laughs> and for some reason, both of us were just like, Salapa? Jalapa? And it, it's just so funny. Like, sometimes, you know, we, we just, like, have, like, a brain, like, mm-hmm. stop. Like, it's like, <laughs> duh. I mean, we, we know this, right? It's Mexico, <laughs> Oaxaca, like, Jimena. Like, just the, the whole, like. So yes. when I was re-listening to it, I was like. Oh my God, what, what the heck? Um, so it just happens, you know? Uh, so just want to address like that whole thing. And, um, and it comes up here. Right. But, you know, for mm-hmm. me, and I talk about it a lot, but you know, just this whole like pochoness of like, I'm still like self-aware of like the way I'll, I'll pronounce certain things. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, it's extra magnified in my mind, especially like upon re-listening to it. So yeah. anyway, I just mm-hmm. want to draw that from the, the previous episode. Uh, but again, thank you, Alan, for listening. Yes. We, we feel very honored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime we get to listen to it, right? Um, so we have two sections here. And uh, I know even though we would love to talk about all of them, Let's see, who has the first and first one? I don't know if we mentioned or, well, I know an inventory of cultural fragments was one of the ones that stood out to me just because of imagery. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, there's a lot of imagery in this whole collection, but yeah, that one specifically. I really like it. Um, I like that it is, um, you know, just fragments of these memories um, that the speaker had. Um Frijoles con tortillas y queso, poetry in Spanish with broken <laughs> English translations, crickets inside my mouth, flowers that wouldn't survive the North. I mean, it's just, it's beautifully, it beautifully captures a lot mm-hmm. of the duality, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of comes up throughout the collection. So I really like that. And mm. um, pre-show, Vanessa, you were saying how it reminded you of Mexican heaven. So I, yeah. I also wrote that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great writing exercise too, by the mm-hmm. way, I think is yeah. just um, talking about imagery and then just mm-hmm. maybe making a list of these things. Like, And so this mm-hmm. is a great example of, of that, but you also mentioned 
uh, pre-show. <laughs> we always reference pre-show. <laughs> That's when the real conversations happen. Oh okay? my gosh. When, when no one's listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> that again, Patreon tier. Be like the, the special gold tier subscribers. <laughs> show before the show. Um, but no, going back. I mean, getting back to this, obviously. Um, I distract myself too easily. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you mentioned the Mexican heaven, and again, that the, I think yeah. part of it is just it's it's really fun to just read out loud to mm-hmm. say the yes. words and feel like, yeah. feel the the way um, I don't know what would you would call it right? You study speech pathology, like just the movements of the mouth, right? Mm. Like the way the tongue interacts, you know, with your mouth and lips and and facial muscles, and there's something great about it but i know when pre-show you you know you talked about this other another podcast he was on and you talked a little bit about the background of that and i think that that was pretty interesting stuff i don't know if you want to mention that to I, our, for I, our listeners i want to say that it was this poem that he was referencing oh, okay. um and he wasn't it's interesting because he's he's talking about these images and these memories from mexico but he wasn't in mexico when he was remembering all of this so he was like in cuba or somewhere and I think that that's um, important to acknowledge because I feel like a lot of writers, I know Sandra Cisneros, for example, wrote House on Mango Street, like somewhere else, like, mm-hmm. you know, and she's referencing home and, and childhood mm-hmm. and everything. So mm-hmm. I don't know why that always happens mm-hmm. that we feel the need to talk about home or we remember home or we miss it or it's just nostalgic or for whatever reason when we're away. Mm. You know, and so anyway, I think I'm pretty sure it was this one that um, uh, he was referencing there. Um, and I also want to, I guess, mention the the fragments because, um, I mean, in poetry, todo se vale, right? Like, mm-hmm. we yeah. do whatever we want, <laughs> which is great. Um, but I never really thought to, me personally... If, if I'm writing or thinking about a poem, it always comes to me in fragments too. And I never thought that the fragment itself could just be a poem. Mm. Like I always want to make it yeah. more, make more of it. Like have like a narrative mm-hmm. element to it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this, this really inspired me to just jot down the fragments and leave them, mm. you know, <laughs> leave them be. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That, that was my same thought too, is like, damn, mm. I don't do enough of this. It's yeah. almost like just uh, an archive mm-hmm. of yeah. these these experiences, right? These these again, these, they're called cultural fragments, but mm-hmm. just again, the, the imagery too of of taste, of sound, of of shape, mm-hmm. of, of touch. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know the sense, duh, the senses, right? All the sensory language involved in the images, and mm-hmm. love the mezcal inside jazz clubs. That <laughs> one spoke to me so <laughs> so beautifully, and uh, that's. <laughs> Did a great job with that on the canvas. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did you have anything on this one, Vanessa? I feel like you guys covered everything <laughs> I want. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, yeah, you guys, I feel like you guys covered everything on this one that I wanted to say. Yeah. But I really love this one. Yeah. It, it is a good, it, it could be a good exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Not just for us, but like our students and stuff. I write that down. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know that uh, one thing, one of the things that we were doing lately before you had joined us was we were also thinking a lot about pedagogy and like how to teach some of the books mm. that we're looking at. So yeah. 
it's always it's always kind of cool to to kind of go back there and and think about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like uh, to maybe go back a couple pieces. Like, I mean, just again, just maybe even to be brief. I really loved in Glitch, just kind of like the spirit of it. Just kind of like um, mm-hmm. that one speaks to my soul as much too. Just like the Miss Garland Jazz Clubs, kind of. There's just a lot of lines that. I I have been I have lived you know and I think that's that's one of the great things about about writing is when you experience that that unity that togetherness is like oh man I this just speaks to me mm-hmm. I definitely know it <clears throat> so there's some lines that like like call me right um and sometimes the hills are coyotes burning in their sleep and tonight we need this moon between us but who knows where this smoke will lead and try listening to the deep whistle of sequoia and know these nikes make me feel royal and christmas and and it goes on and on and i like this idea of patterns will form wherever you let them because what is a formula if not this and we will breathe um and and i mean it goes on it's great great writing and imagery yeah that one's really you know if if we have hard strings this is a well-struck chord for me um then again going back to the the, the next poem google searching Mexico, I, I also love i guess the juxtaposition mm-hmm. um you know you think of mm-hmm. like writing writing exercises i like this idea of taking a uh, common phrase google searching mexico right that's that's the kind of like the prompt right mm-hmm. um and if you've done you do international travel like you get these these warnings right and that's yeah. what he's kind of using as as the frame but i like how he's creating this juxtaposition of taking this line and then and then what poetry should do is kind of break through the surface and and take a deeper more intimate dive into a lived experience Mm -hmm. and i just love how you have this this setup this framework and and ultimately just the way it ends you know i think him saying do not tell me this is not home Mm -hmm. it's a great ending and of course yeah i think that's a, a beautiful because uh, again, I like to thread the pieces. So then that leads into what we opened up with, right? Inventory of cultural fragments. And with with it, home. Do not tell me this is home in your heart. When you're away, that's the kind of thing you carry with you. And so mm-hmm. to me, like a poem, like inventory of cultural fragments just makes so much sense when you're carrying it like that with you. Yeah. Um, even in your subconscious, in your dreams. So anyway. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that that poem too, Google Searching Meiko. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just form and and the anecdotes that he's throwing mm-hmm. in there and and I think you you really captured that beautifully, Richie. Yeah. Oh uh I had the next one. I know you had it too as well, right? Right. So Charlie, yes. Two and a half. Two and a half parts. That's cool. <laughs> Do you want to start? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Um, I, I just, I'm trying not to talk too much as well. You know, like I just did a whole, whole like <laughs> rant. So, no, there's no such thing as talking too much. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Yes, <laughs> but do. Uh, I'd like to share the, the mic equally. Hmm. Um, so, Lucha Libre in two and a half parts. Um, I like this one because of, I don't know, like everything that comes with the image of Lucha Libre and grew up Mm. on that stuff. It already (laughs) has so much context that doesn't even need explanation, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I like that it's broken up into La Lucha, El Libre, La Mascara. And each mm. section is kind of like, um, I don't know, like um, in La Lucha, he's he's talking about what it would have been like to grow up in Mexico as opposed to growing up, you know, in the Bay Area. Mm. And mm-hmm. we think of Lucha, you know, the struggle or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm fight mm-hmm. you know how how would that have compared or how would that have changed who he is um i think that's a really i don't know an interesting kind of like hypothetical yeah. like exercise too right mm-hmm. like how, what things could have been for him different mm-hmm. backgrounds and mm-hmm. i love that yeah his, his mexican me right yeah and again if you think the the page structuring right it's I think the the staging, it's not the staging, right? The the way it's put on the page is pretty great too. La lucha, right? That inner struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucha and the libre, right? The the freedom. Mm-hmm. Man, ah, again, these lines are just <laughs> so good. I mean, you guys heard me right now when I was re- re- reviewing the piece. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some, there's just some lines that make me audibly react to it. <laughs> That's a great thing, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, damn, that's good. Um, yeah. And then, of course, it's in Lucha Libre. It's two words, so you would think it'd be in two parts. And, and he does this thing where he'll add to it. He does, he does this with another poem, too, right? The whole A-side, B-side one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creation of a, a C-side, mm-hmm. which I think is great because there's this thing here, working past dualities. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I like how he adds in Lucha Libre, you have the mascara, right? That's such mm-hmm. a huge cultural component of Lucha Libre, right? It's yes. And if you don't understand, because like people know wrestling, for example, right? Mm-hmm. But Lucha Libre, like the, the mascara. And then, of course, mask is image, right? Of yeah, who you are and how you're represented mm-hmm. is such. I mean, that's such a heavy image, too. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. including there, I, I so great. Uh, and then just this, I think this image of of him talking about. I mean, there's something very almost maybe Zen of talking about nothingness and anythingness. He mentions it in the end of the El Libre section. I would cheer for nothing, and I would cheer for anything. Talking about, I mean, we were already talking about watching USA versus Mexico, for example, mm-hmm. and kind of being. You know, I would cheer for nothing and cheer for anything. Like that's, I love the way that's that's reframed, and then mm-hmm. and then taking that later to talk about his his uh, identity, right? Mm-hmm. This this uh, birth certificate that his mother shows him, right? Um, this almost contradiction or paradox, the weightlessness mm-hmm. feel of something that shouldn't exist. I hold it like it's nothing. Damn, like nothing I've ever known. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's freaking mm-hmm. beautiful there's a there's just a pace right now that this this whole collection is coming through and it's hitting a stride mm-hmm. of like damn go <laughs> damn alan go <laughs> fire yeah yeah i i like that i mean i like the the libre section when he's talking about his privilege and mm-hmm. acknowledging that and i think that comes up too in previous poems but not as you know, overtly as it is coming here. Um, 
and yeah, like that whole La Mascara part, like the mascara mm-hmm. being like the uniform. It's like a lot of people you're trying to explain Lucha Libre, like, oh, like wrestling. No, it's not. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's its whole <laughs> other mm-hmm. own thing. You know, Lucha Libre is is, is um, different in that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, I really, um, I, I love that last line too. I, I hold it like nothing I've ever known. Oof. I know. <laughs> the, <All right. laughs> um, there's those, you know, X's again in this poem. I'm wondering oh, yeah. what you all thought of, because in the first section we figured, okay, some some of those breaks are the actual breaking of the piñata, um, or they could signify that or symbolize mm-hmm. that. In this one, what do you all think they, I mean, it's, it's in the break before each section, mm-hmm. but... I guess, like, the division between his identities, in a sense. Um, like, the different aspects of himself. So, yeah, it does parallel that uh, early and earlier we talked about. Mm-hmm. That's the poem, Piñata Theory, right? The titular poem. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of theory, right? It's just this idea of being fragmented and broken. And the way he talks about uh, thinking about that process and, and reconciling and Salicha Libre also has that kind of inherent like art and violence and and um yeah especially art to it and so I see those X's as breaks is also just um related thematically like a like a blow mm-hmm. like a hit I and mean, you think of Lucha Libre it's like mm-hmm. the back and forth the boom boom mm-hmm. boom it's break the natural break into sections so it just it looks mm-hmm. good too aesthetically right mm-hmm. matches mm-hmm. there and then fighting the urge to want to talk about every piece, right? But I know yeah. there's, there's, uh, I don't know what you guys have next. I think we're referencing a Bocho Boys mixtape because mm-hmm. of those um, A side, B side, C side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think he, um, in that other uh, podcast episode with him, he was talking about reclaiming the term Bocho, um, which is really cool. Because, you know, it's always seen as, like, mm-hmm. negative, yeah, derogatory. Exactly, man. Yeah. Um, an insult, right? Yeah. To be pocha or to be pocho. Um, but he's claiming it as, well, you know, I'm, I'm neither this nor that. It doesn't have to always be so black and white either or, mm-hmm. right? You're right. Um, can be more of like, I am both of these things or all of these things. Yeah, I'm a pocho, so what? <laughs> right? Yeah. Pocho doesn't have to be, um, you know, so negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've definitely done on the, on this show. The past, mm. past books, past collections. Yeah. About it. Yeah. <clears throat> I loved it. Yeah. I mean, the whole A-side, B-side thing. And then, of course, again, you have that from, from music. And, of course, it's a mixtape. That mm-hmm. blends so well after talking about Emily's mm-hmm. collection, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love—I just love the way he ends it, right? That point that he says there. Um, mm. Don't forget, there are more than two sides to every story. Just like there are more than two stories inside every mouth. And that just, you know, again, reiterates what you were just talking about. There's more to it. There's uh, where we come from, who we are, and, and what, what makes us. And who we are and again are still becoming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also like the line, um, but who cares about simple geometry when nothing shapes up? It's mm-hmm. a good line. Yeah. 
There's a lot of uh, punny little lines here and there that I think that work really, really well. Is mm. uh, and again, like I said, just when it speaks to me, it's those kind of things too, right? Uh, some really like clever wordplay here and there. I feel like you know, thinking about when on B side, he's talking about like you know taxes. How how do taxes work? You know, in this case and. Mm. Um, back in the States, Anola asked for more than my mother's peace. And I, I think here again, um, you think of uh, peace being, uh, can be read both ways. Yes, it's read as peace as like settled, peaceful, but also peace as part of something that's broken off for like her peace, P-I-E-C-E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and taxes, you know, I think that's <clears throat> maybe me reading more into it. I don't know. But then again, I think that's that's what the art of poetry, right? You you interpret. Yeah. You, yes. So. Especially so. if you hear this instead of reading it, mm-hmm. how you interpret mm-hmm. it will be, you know, different. So. Yeah. Just go through and dig. Just just like yeah. <laughs> um, a DJ would go through crates, right? You dig through <laughs> and pull stuff out. And like, oh, this works. Let's Let's work with that right now. Um, he even mentions that right on the seaside, right at the beginning. I mm-hmm. dig through remixed crates of myself, wax pressed into the grooves of forever. Like, damn, yes, yeah, keep spinning, keep spinning. <laughs> yeah, long distance running. I had also mentioned pre-show, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that we're talking a lot about. We've been talking about language, right? Um, first of all, I really love that line about cliche. No. <laughs> Cliches are a rerun of something realer. The mm. question, uh, it's a cool way of putting it. Um, but we were talking about um, autocorrect and, you know, just like similarity of words, like root words and like mm-hmm. how they're used, like, and also typos, the way we misuse them sometimes. So you kind of ask these questions, right? Um, since uh, <clears throat> beating you questionable instead of quesadillas. Or um, deported instead of deportes. Um, <laughs> horrifying and horrible, right? Thinking about the similarities and uh, questioning the language to eventually come mm-hmm. to like the, the word illegal, right? That's um, in discourse on, on immigration. That is a very heavy loaded word. So much so that so many of us are asking journalists to rethink the use of that word, right? Because mm-hmm. and of course you have campaigns like no human being is illegal, Right. Um, but of course, so here you also see the presence and I, I think you see it in a bunch of the, several other poems later on, too. The I think that's interesting is the presence of uh, cops, authorities. There's always kind of a, a tension there. Mm-hmm. And it's also their presence in certain neighborhoods. Right. Like the hood, the ghetto, like the neighbor, like pe- like where people are living. Uh, there's a certain tension there in their presence. And I don't know if you guys picked up on that as well. Like whenever cops are present, there's a little bit of a anxiety or tension involved. And I think that's pretty mm. relevant with, with a lot of the climate that we've, we've had forever. <laughs> I say, I said a lot. This is yeah. why, I, this is why I limit. I'm like, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, just uh, vomit. See what sticks. I like this one, but I didn't have like, you know, mm-hmm. notes on it. I just really like the, um, what you're saying about, you know, auto correct and mm-hmm. and you're mentioning how you're also working on a poem similar to that <laughs> yeah it's just such an interesting thing and in the way the meanings change pre-show mm-hmm. we were talking about uh 
you had mentioned that it's one of my favorites is when people misspell definitely as defiantly. And <laughs> God, some of the, the accidental meanings that come out are so good. So there's, there's something to work with there. Um, anyway. Yes. <laughs> it's really hard mm-hmm. to craft a poem sometimes when you when you have that goal and it's like, ah, mm. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. Anyway, this reminded me some in some instances, but gentrification makes its way, right? In some of these poems, like. Mm. Yeah. Think of California's turning neon, kind of brings it up. Uh, yeah, it starts to become really present. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The hunger one. Yeah. Um, that's, I was just mentioning that, right? About the, like the police presence, for example. I think that's a, a pretty way, interesting way he says it there, where uh, <clears throat> a flickering disappearance of house lights when suddenly police arrive. That was a pretty interesting way of talking about. Uh, this instance, right, of a accident, mm-hmm. car accident, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good ones. Hunger, hunger is coming up a lot. Reminds me of um, what is it? We're always hungry. They are always. Jeez. Oh, Some are always hungry. Some are always hungry. Yes. Right? Talk about that hunger. Hmm. Speed running this? What are you? I don't know. <laughs> I thought okay. I know. Well, you had burning, etc. Right? Yeah, yeah I like this one. Um, burning, etc. It's on page 64. <laughs> um, I just felt like there was a lot of really strong line. This is one of the longer pieces in the collection. Um, but there's like a lot of lines that I liked. Um, so on page 67, he wrote, well, the speaker says, um, I don't know why I stay inside myself so often and away during holidays. I don't know. That was something that I related to, I think. I was like, mm, I like that. <laughs> um, and then we came from Bone Thugs and Selena, a mix of vibrations in our bone dust. Mm-hmm. I just like that, like, contradiction of the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then I also like, um, mm, there's like two more spots that I really liked. Um, I need to know what it means to be small and sober, to hold heaviness and hustle it through my bo- throughout my bones these mountains cannot be overlooked. Mm. And then I also really liked, um, I rarely talk loud. I put these rocks in my blood and pretend I am not fluent in burning tongues. Um, I, don't, <clears throat> I like this one, I think, because it's tackling a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. um, but all dealing with like the speaker's identity. Mm-hmm. Making sense of it all. Mm-hmm. Like all of the different contradictions within themselves. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is like a carried spirit of, of the same in Glitch. That mm. poem earlier on in this section. Um, in particular, I, I did highlight that last part you read as well. The ending mm-hmm. is pretty strong in particular. And um, I don't know. Just, yeah, there's there's a, a, a strong sense of uh, trying to make sense of it all. Um, just are just finding your place in the universe, right? And, mm, and, and mm-hmm. to kind of like the weight, the build up, because I do like that, which you read, but just before it, um, mm. <clears throat> talking about the heaviness, heaviness and hustle throughout bones. Um, these mountains cannot be overlooked. I cannot juggle planets, cannot press rewind and shove it all back. Mm. Uh, where does this weight on my bone ribs grow from? Just thinking about. And he, he uses this phrase a couple times. There's no taco. Po- there's, I'm not talking politics. There's no politics. Because mm-hmm. I think, 
I, that address is like something that um, I, I see it a lot where people are like, I don't like to talk about politics. And it's just like, politics is us. It's every day. It's like, we, you know, the personal is political. Right? Political is personal. I know Jorge mm-hmm. mentions that a lot mm-hmm. um, in previous episodes. So I, I think it's an interesting little thing he throws in there. He uses it a couple times in this collection. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I, I agree. I love all this kind of my place in the universe kind of. Mm, yeah. <laughs> from, bro- from other places, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a recurring theme for sure in, in this section, break section. Like mm-hmm. Breaking mm-hmm. away from what's expected of him, what he expects of himself, how he identifies, all of those things. Yeah, I like that. There's no talk of politics. It does not upset me too. But I think to comment on what you're saying, Richie, like, I feel like when people say I don't like to talk about politics, it's because of their privilege, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't affect them. Like, when, like they have that choice to not have to discuss politics, whereas the rest of us have to. Like mm-hmm. it's all around us. It's part of our way of life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like this one too. I like that it is kind of fragmented too in that sense like you were mentioning vanessa mm-hmm. um why do you think it's titled burning etc because you're taking away like the etc from yourself so it's not like oh i'm this this and this etc it's like i'm all of these things right mm. i don't know that's what i <laughs> take it as okay we can ask alan <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we will hopefully hopefully we'll have a chance uh i think we're trying to work something out so salan will see when our when our stars align <laughs> our our cause our cosmology i know you use that in another poem um identification it's all i read when i want to see gentrification identification yeah a lot of breaks in that one that was mm-hmm. on gentrification <clears throat> yeah, yeah there are a lot of breaks well, the whole burning title kind of, I was going to refer to notes on gentrification because, um, what, the second to last stanza? The mm. line there. In the mm-hmm. Last night, the city danced with fire in her spine afterward, afterwards smoke. That kind of reminds me of the previous one, right? Like burning, burning is like this, this act, this, I guess you would mm. call it like a gerund, right? Mm-hmm. Burning, burning, and et cetera, being like the everything the aftermath and it, mm. it's interesting i think visually it's appealing mm-hmm. just mm. trying to figure out you know the the purpose for those <clears throat> x's especially you don't oh. really see it after like a, a couplet right like two lines mm. and then a break mm-hmm. that soon into the poem and then it's like after every very short stanza you have them so it, it does have that almost rhetorical implication of, again, violence of like a piñata being hit now since we mm-hmm. started with piñata theory. And then the other instance, Lucha Libre, right? Uh, the fighting. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, now here in gentrification. Uh, yeah, the things being bring up. And again, now there's that, that suddenness, that shortness. To each section mm. that, that feels like there's less and less around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. I think this one's also the last one that has the breaks in it like that. 
Um, in the section or in the whole collection? In the whole collection. Yeah. Sting. Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense in this poem now, seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, because gentrification isn't a peaceful, like, can we come in and take over your neighborhood? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We're just coming in and taking over and going to mm-hmm. make of it whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Kind of approach taking, destroying. Mm. Yeah. So. Colonizers. Haitian <laughs> comes up, and I like how that's. I mean, I like how that's like the last poem of this section. Like we mm. have break, and I mean, being deported is like that's that's a whole emotional uh, yeah. explosion, uh, an implosion, explosion at the same time. It's just everything falls apart. So it, it breaks, you know, that you think of families that are separated because of this. And here you mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, we, we talked a lot about masculinity in the previous episode and in the first section. And he ends here with, with men crying, sending sinister circle mm-hmm. crying. So just kind of thinking about the, what that, what that does, you know, we, we know, uh, especially with a lot of work that we do or, you know, thinking about, in, in, in immigration, the, mm-hmm. the real effect it has on, on families and, and separation and all that. And then end of, end of section. <laughs> end of break. Yeah. What is gather? What do you guys take of that? <laughs> what does it mean to gather? We did have, we did kind of talk about this. Uh, and you asked before we started recording and I was like, wait, wait, stop. Leave it for the, leave it for the podcast. This is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. So let's see if we can capture some of that magic again. <laughs> Yeah, the I mean, Vanessa started to um, mention, like, what she thought of these sections being called, you know, break and gather and, and the poems within these sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, coming back to the piñata metaphor and gathering, I mean, not even metaphor, but, like, the act of breaking the piñata and mm-hmm. gathering what's inside. Um how I can't remember if that was a question. Like, how do we feel gather is being represented? Mm. Yeah, I I mean something similar to that. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Um, <laughs> and the way that I described it and the way that I understood it is, so you kind of mentioned earlier about how with a piñata you like go for the good stuff, like the candy and like the prizes. Um, so in the previous sections we were kind of talking about the breaking apart of someone's identity and like who they are and questioning the negatives of who they are and all of the aspects of who they are. And here in Gather, it's a lot more of being together with family and the memories with family, um, the memories of home, and like taking all of the good stuff from these experiences that you have and making like seeing the good in them mm. as well. Mm. I like that. Thank you. I think I like, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, again, so the, we also have like the literal and figurative meanings of like a piñata and what happens there. And first episode, we spoke a little a lot on that imagery of, again, a piñata is something that's meant to be destroyed and mm-hmm. it just has that. It's almost like it's destiny. And um, here, I mean, a lot of, the sense we've been trying to make is is that's not 
really like our identities are so unique mm. in where we come from. And so that, that this third section seems like it's that, right? Yeah. Is it finding in a family and thinking about the, those memories of, of being a kid and, and growing up in these different places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just gather, gather that sense of self. And also like, again, to maybe go back into the whole, that whole aspect of violent violence of like, being broken with hit being you know he being mm. hit by a stick that literal pinata thing versus what life does to us mm. um oftentimes after trauma we have to gather ourselves yeah you know exactly Not, we have to but i mean that's just kind of what naturally happens in one way or another so i don't know what do you what do you think Marina? yeah i mean i think yeah like that's something that that's coming up a lot in these last few poems and gather, you know, the gathering, obviously, you know, in in that metaphor could literally mean one thing, but also like rebuilding or, Mm -hmm. you know, reconstructing or Mm -hmm. putting things back together um, from the burning or from the wreckage or from the trauma or all of those things. Right. So, Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it means a lot of things, all of those things that you all mentioned and, and more, um, which is why, I know, which is why it's so cool because again, you're, it's, it's just like we mentioned last time, you know, the metaphor that just keeps on giving. (laughs) I mean, even then you think a piñata is made from like scraps. Yeah. So it's like uh, that cycle mm. again and again. Yeah. You know, so mm. I don't know what you guys think of that first poem. I, I really liked the, the while visiting Mexico, I binge watched the first season of stranger things on Netflix. And yes, I had to read the whole title. <laughs> um, what'd you get? He I has mean, great titles. I just got to say good titles. Yeah. yeah. I liked the comparison of, the kids and stranger things to migrants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bet the group of kids <laughs> don't laugh. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, so it says, <laughs> um, I bet the group of kids in this show could have snuck inside anywhere, their little Indiana, hands never getting caught. I wonder what would happen if they crossed a desert's body. Mm. Yeah, I like that line. Yeah. Too. I wonder if I have ever crossed a desert's body. Um, going back to privilege, I think. Maybe. <laughs> um, Oof. Yeah. I mean, it would it translate to the, you know, in, in, in Stranger Things, you have like this sci-fi, like mm. you have the, the the upside down, right? Yeah. This, this, this element and um, yeah, then you have reality, right? Mm-hmm. The the reality of, of having to cross dangerous terrain of the border of the desert, right? From one place. So I think that's, damn, that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this poem has some lines that just made me audibly say like, damn, or, or just <laughs> react. And you guys heard me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I really love the, <clears throat> the setup, right? Cause you have the great title, 
Mm-hmm. Those are and fun that and they kind of bleed into the poem, right? Like yeah. to start. Um, and I love how he says, and I consider multidimensional travel as we make jokes in English and then laugh in Spanish. And you have that break there that works really well. And then um I also love the line thinking about monsters, right? Uh monsters do not emerge from an unknown parallax parallax, but my ellipses sometimes require translation. Mm. Um like that's those pretty cool lines in their own right, but also just again thematically setting up yeah his his contrast here, what he's gonna do here. Good hmm. good start to that section. <laughs> <clears throat> Be remixed again, right? He talks about that again at the end of the poem. Mm. Remixed into multiplicity. And and then again the, the playfulness of language that, that I was mentioning and we've talked about. My deepest breath before another episode airs. And of course air. Mm, yeah. Television, but also just <laughs> breath, air. Like I'm like, yes. damn, yes, cool. <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> I like the line when I was when I was their age, I ran outside Abuelas and I don't understand what it means to be a stranger where the sewage is broken. Mm. This kind of also reminds me of the last poem, that part, right? You read. We'll get there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> we're almost there um self-portrait was, was you had a uh, leaving footprints on waterfalls right vanessa yes i did um so there's just a couple of strong lines that i wanted to talk about um so towards the middle of the poem um how borders are thresholds of the imagination and that kind of got me thinking about like not only like the border of countries, but also like the imag- the imaginary borders we have of ourselves, um, like in dealing with our own identities and how we, I guess in a sense, depending on who we're around, kind of change. And like there's those borders around our personalities. So I really liked that line. And then I also liked um, towards the end, how the word me lives in America and in Mexico. I put a little heart there because <laughs> I was like, me too. Oh, I put a star. <laughs> I just underlined it. <laughs> but yeah, those, yeah, those are my lines from that one. <laughs> um, did you have anything? In this? Um, no, I think it just goes back to like that last line, how I'm a forest that grows during wildfires like there's that imagery mm. again and, and also just the recycling like the right birth rebirth like right. constantly yeah. yeah also like the imagery of the a sweet bread there mm. um, yeah tied to memory like what um i wonder what is real that isn't shared with others how we share memories like sweet bread and how sweet bread crumbles when shared like yeah all right like mm. it's a nice way of talking about like memory there's a yeah. sweet thing this concept of sharing sweet bread like oh man yes and then but also the crumbling of it and then the way memories work and the way I remember mm, we talk yes. a lot about mm-hmm. the fragility of that and how yeah. we, we tend to, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's imperfect, but yeah, mm-hmm. what a great way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about shadow boxing? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's important because it's the only poem in Spanish, in the whole collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of these poems actually have very specific forms. 
Um, and this one, you know, has those um, breaks in between the lines. Um, what are those called? Yeah, I mean, I would say the line breaks, yeah. I, I feel like, I was just thinking that too. Like, I feel like we haven't drawn as much attention because he has some really great line breaks throughout mm -hmm. the collection. And I was like, yeah. I, I made notes of like, this is a great line mm -hmm. break. Hmm. And it would be, um, the term just flew out of my head. <laughs> Enjampment. Oh, yes. Mm. I really like the line, un pintor me dijo que nunca pintaba con sus manos. Mm. I like that. And el otro país me enseñó dos por dos, suma cinco. <laughs> Pregúntame si es posible tener dos de todo. Las flores caminan solas y mis manos se quedan sin nada. I don't know. It's really beautifully, I don't know, anything in Spanish. I'm like, it's so beautiful. It's <laughs> romantic. <laughs> but it's like shadow boxing, you know, and, and I'm reading this and I'm thinking, well, where's the shadow boxing? Like, where does, how, what role does that play in these images? Mm. And something I have to think a little bit more about, if I'm being honest. Yeah, same here. But I, I like that. And um, thinking about reshadow boxing, the image of that and all the other more masculine type of images in the collection. We've mm. had boxing show up. I mean, a lot. Of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although this one doesn't have the breaks, right? It doesn't. Mm. The same way. So it's like, not. It's shadow boxing. So yeah. maybe it's more of like a mental. Mm -hmm. like a, a mental exercise more than a physical one. Mm -hmm. Something to ponder on. <laughs> I know. I know. This is good. this one's good in that sense because I'm like, okay, what is it? What does this mean? How does it relate back to that? That's why I love poetry because then yeah. you, can, you can, it can stick with you. And then like today, you know, you reopened it and you saw things you hadn't seen previously. Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. oh, I love that too. So. <laughs> I know, I know even again, listening to this episode right now, I'll be like, however I'm listening, like driving and be like, ah, oh, why didn't I talk about this? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? mm, it's good stuff. Ooh, you like the next one, huh, Vanessa? I did like the next one. Photo <laughs> from an unborn child. About Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> we did have that conversation. We were not familiar with the area, so... We, we assume it's obviously right context transportation, but, uh, <laughs> but what does it mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, Cause I, first thing I think of is Bart Simpson, you know, like, <laughs> um, but of course we all know that it is the Bay area rapid transit. We were testing ourselves like mm -hmm. what it could stand for. Um, T was interesting cause there's a lot of transportation, uh, Transport, train, train, trolley, teleportation, tram. time travel. Like there's, <laughs> thing, tram. there's a lot of wow. Okay, that's <laughs> keep. Let's all keep it in in the T's. <laughs> yeah, transit. We missed that one. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so what do you like about this one? I like that it's a collection of memories in a sense, but also of specific places, like a specific area. Um. So in the second stanza, like to the end almost, um, your mother grew up here on 55th around the corner from her cousin's tire shop and the bar your grandpa would take her to perform Myra Carey karaoke as a kid 
to crowds of drunken men. The shop is now closed and the bar boarded up with graffitied wood, but the house remains. I think this is a really cool way of describing it because you can picture it and it, that's exactly what's trying to be done here. <laughs> so it's like a photo for your unborn child, but you're describing all of these things. And not only are you seeing them, you're also getting events that are happening in these places, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of places hold memory. Yeah. And I think that ties into this idea of sacred land. That's, that's yes. one of the big, and it makes such a brief appearance at the beginning of this, this piece, but that's a pretty heavy connection, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and he uses, I noticed he starts using a lot of things like cosmology and astronomy, and here he also does uh, constellations. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're formed from the darkness of our mouths, like our, our storytelling, our words, like, oh, yes, you're sitting <laughs> here right here. And this, uh, again, this, this uh, theoretical piece, right, of, of uh, sharing this. One day I'll take you here or we'll show you where these memories, these places have memories attached to them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, when we talk about gentrification, you level a place. And I mean, that's why so many people like don't want development on certain lands because it has significance, yeah. has mm -hmm. those, those meanings historically, culturally, through family. Duranguito. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I have, I like that line. Um, those lines before what you read, Vanessa, the homes are historic mm, and diverse yeah. as the people who breathe inside them. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Again, relating that there's people attached to. Now, <clears throat> earlier we were talking about like typos and, 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 and uh, autocorrect. There's also misreadings. That line you just read. I initially read it as the homies are historic, <laughs> which I mean, he still kind of argues yeah. it's, it's there. So I'm like, <laughs> homes and the which homies. also makes the, the homes and the homies. homies. Yeah. The homes and their homies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still that still works. I, I think so. <laughs> uh, see, I just I just uh, feature edits. You can just <laughs> put them together. <laughs> just kidding. And then karaoke, we were talking about that too. We did. I would never do Mariah Carey. I would love to see it now. Karaoke. That would be hard. Mariah that Carey. Okie. <laughs> I know. That's why I stumbled on it. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Mariah Carey. Karaoke. Drew Carey. Karaoke. Yeah. I mean, but also you do have, again, more of that gentrification showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking about uh, this exercise of the, bringing the child to these spots that are now boarded up. and. Mm. You know, graffitied over and just, yeah. you see a lot of cities going through that. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're nearing the end though. Hmm. I know you, you like the last poem, Richie. You feel like it really tied I everything do? together. <laughs> <laughs> One way street and Jalapa. There you ha go. Jalapa. <laughs> Not all those other See how it comes full circle all around. <laughs> hmm. I thought you had said that earlier. No? I mean, I've, I alluded to it because, okay. I mean, again, you have him. I think it's interesting. He's kind of ending with the memory of, of, again, being a kid. And his, he talks mm. about his, again, his grandma's driveway. That's, that's one of the things there, right? Um, and even thinking about passage of time. And in a way, you know, this poem kind of condenses other things that show up previously in the collection. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talked about privilege. And, and, and again, we're talking about, in this case, of like his Americanness here, um, mm. placed and situated in, in, in Mexico, 
talking about um how the how the kids would laugh and chase each other in our Mickey Mouse t-shirts, right? You gotta have how you gotta represent <laughs> Disney, you know? It's as like the corporate capitalist. I don't know, it's like the most mad what is it, the magical kingdom or most <laughs> magical place in the world. But you know, it also has those attachments. Um, mm. and I, I just the I just uh in terms of again image imagery, just like this idea of our soft American fingers through a gap in the iron bars to wiggle with wonder. Just mm. these little little chubby American fingers reaching through iron because it's like this almost like a mystical place the way it's situated in this in this description of the poem mm. right because they never they wouldn't wouldn't leave it and there's a little bit of that that guarding that guarding part of it and the the wonder right just mm. reaching out just reaching out beyond what you know and I think that's a great way to end it you know it's kind of like that in a, in a, a movie like you're you're reaching out mm. towards something and of course they're kids right because obviously Throughout this whole book, we get comes goes back, goes back, and goes back home, and and visits family and the land, and right, it becomes home in his heart. And so, I just, I just like the way that's ending with the image of kids reaching out past iron gates, one way mm. street in Jalapa, <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the the nostalgic aspect in those days in those days in those days he sat three times in this poem mm. um that also kind of i don't know it feels what's that two poems after photo for my unborn child like when parents are telling their children something about how life used to be for them it's always like well back in my day <laughs> or in those days so it kind of also feels like the the same it has the same vibe or tone in this poem like mm. to the audience mm. like reading like he's he's talking about it fondly and remembering it with nostalgia yes so you know at first when i first read this and he was talking about the iron bars it's like and that could be read in different ways too. Mm -hmm. I really like Richie's interpretation because that gives it more of a lighthearted <laughs> than what kinda, I yes. initially that's, that's thought. That's kind of who I am too, though. So, like, you know how the poem reads us too? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. I also connected it back to the Stranger Things poem and how it says their little Indiana hands never getting caught, <laughs> but here they're being shouted at for doing mm -hmm. so. So. That was interesting mm -hmm. to me. <laughs> also want to point out, uh, of course, we have the acknowledgments. We usually yes. do that. And uh, again, you know, when someone writes a book, it's never kind of like on their own. Obviously, it's their work and their their, their work, their passion, their, their art, their craft. But then you see like the community that builds itself around something like that. And I, I love the way he does it. There's a very like personal little, little touch to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I love the section he talks about to his wife who's seen him through his different pinata stages and that's beautiful because we talked about the metaphor and he adds one here of also uh my swing right you can also be the one with the swing mm -hmm. uh, we haven't talked about that one a whole lot ourselves um but also um he he thinks border senses I just, so he was yeah, published I in that. border senses i saw that too and uh you know he was in, in latin next and that's so, cool. so Pretty cool. Um, shout out. I see a lot of familiar names too, of course. In, in that, yes. So. Yeah. So acknowledgements. Uh, acknowledged to everyone involved with that. So good good collection. I had a lot of fun reading it. Yeah. I like this I one too. I just, um, 
ordered his first collection. Mm, the, yeah. This is not a Frank Ocean what was that one cover album, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to read that one. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is very cool. I really like this one. Um, and I'm glad because I, you know, he's relatively new-ish. Um, so we like to expose, like, new writers and yes. poets. <laughs> um I'm glad I got um, I got to read this and, you know, be exposed to more contemporary poetry and mm. stuff that I can relate to a lot. <laughs> Prefer it. Yeah, this this collection was really inspiring. You know, mm-hmm. makes me want to become a better writer. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to think of what we want to ask. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully, we next get a episode we can do an interview. Um, yeah. So see you guys next time. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Oh, I was going to beatbox while you did it. <laughs> I know. Okay. I mean, you could have, I was still going. <laughs> I know, I just messed, I just I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your, do your thing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Literally Literary, brought to you by Border Senses and Power at the Past. This episode, we continued our discussion on piñata theory by Alan Chazaro. If you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. Follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylitep.